we see the word trumpet, Hebrew word is shofar, what this is. And these can actually be longer. Uh, this is like a, a greater kudu, I think it's called, and like an antelope. And so they can actually be about another foot longer, I think. Uh, I brought some home for the kids. Josiah's got one that's about half this size. Um, you know, Dad had to get the bigger one. Um, but, uh, you know, then they make some a ram's horn. You'll see in the Bible they'll say ram's horn sometimes. And so I've I just been thinking about that. I guess I should get my notes out here. And this is a little different, too. I usually, anytime I'm preaching, I'm always just, I've got bullets, right? Maybe a few short phrases. This thing I wrote out. And I was, I was reading somebody or listening to somebody who was talking about being able to speak in front of people where you're not referencing your notes. They said, write it out completely and then go through it that way and maybe it'll get in your head. We'll see if that works for me tonight. Um, I might get lost and have to figure out where I'm at. But anyway, I was kind of going through that. And I was sitting there thinking, where is this used in the Bible? Um, you know, Exodus 13, one example of this being used, was it was used to gather God's people, the Bible says, to blow the trumpet, bring them together. Um, Joshua 6.4, great example, right? The walls of Jericho came down when they blew this trumpet and shouted. First uh, Samuel 13, uh, Saul uh, rallied uh, uh, children of Israel for a battle, it tells us. Um, of course, Revelations chapter 8, uh, to declare judgment. We got the, uh, the trumpets there. Uh, Leviticus 25, proclaimed liberty during the year of Jubilee, the Bible tells us. Uh, Samuel, or Samuel, in Samuel, 2 Samuel 6, um, David blew, blew the trumpet, or had others blow the trumpet. I'd have to go back and look, but he, you know, he was all excited. He was celebrating about the ark. Um, so the trumpet was used there to celebrate. First um, Thessalonians 4, right? To, uh, declare the Lord's return. Of course, gathering his people again. But the one I keyed on was, and we all know it, really, there in uh, Ezekiel 33, and that's where we're going to be tonight, warning of judgment. And this message, you know, is probably not for this crowd. You know, this is a crowd that's here every service. Um, I don't even know where Ezekiel's at in my Bible. Um, but I felt this was what the Lord wanted. I was kind of reading this. I thought this was good. Um, you know, one thing that, about the Bible is that it lays out responsibility. And, and that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight, our responsibility. Um, you know, we live in a day, it's nobody's, nobody's at fault. It's somebody else, this is somebody else's responsibility. It's not my problem. I, I, uh, I always had a thing at work, people knew it, NMP, not my problem, right? I, I would joke and then Starla, uh, see me sign NMP. You know, she'll say something, NMP, not my problem. Um, you know, it's always somebody else's problem. Um, and that kind of reminded me, I was, I was sitting there thinking about that. Anybody familiar with Family Circus, the cartoon strip? Um, I, I used to read cartoons growing up like in, in the Sunday paper. And there's one called Family Circus, parents and kids. Um, usually it was always, if I recall, it was always, always kind of a, a good moral one. It might have been like a Christian one. I don't, I don't know who the, author, uh, the artist was for that. could have been a Christian. I don't know. As uh, far as I know, never anything questionable. But there was one where the parents, and I think they've done it a few times, but I, I, I definitely remember it, where the parents would ask the kids, hey, who made this mess or who's doing this? And if you're a parent in here, you know, I heard it, not me, right? Not me. And it had this little ghost on there that had not me written across his chest there and making the mess or whatever. You know, um, you know, we don't want to take responsibility. And we see that in our world today, don't we? Nobody wants to take responsibility for anything that they've done wrong. It's always somebody else's problem. Uh, or um, it's their, um, their upbringing or something. You know, I came from, from Detroit, inner city Detroit, uh, from a dysfunctional family, alcoholic father, 
uh, can't tell me that that's my upbringing is what caused my problems. Right? I do have problems that are related to that. I, I definitely agree. But, you know, I didn't use that as an excuse. Right? But so many people, that's what they want to do. Well, that's how I grew up. Right? No one wants to take responsibility. And the Bible here gives us an illustration uh, of the watchman and lays out some of his responsibilities. So let's go ahead and uh, we'll read uh, Ezekiel 33 and we'll just read 1 through 9. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak of the children of thy people and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their for their watchmen, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land and he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchmen see the trumpet, the see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore shalt thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness uh, to us, Lord. We thank you uh, for your word. Uh, Lord, I, I thank you that... Uh, as I get in this study, Lord, you show me um, what you want to be preached, Lord, you convict me, uh, Lord, first of all, and I just pray that uh, tonight this will be a help for the church, uh, those those that are here, and Lord, that uh, most of all, that you get honor and glory in all that's said and done. We love you, we thank you, in Christ's name we pray, amen. All right, so I want you, I want you to notice here the responsibility of the watchman. You know, he's one that's set on the wall. Um, he was set there on that wall in a certain position, and he's not there just to hang out, right? He has responsibilities. Um, he was set out there so he can look out, and I'm, I'm imagining, I was in Israel, you know, I'm looking at where a lot of these, uh, these tells were, these archaeological finds, up on a hill. I, I'm just imagining, when I'm seeing some of the pictures of what they believe completely looked like, there was always these little towers, right, or the wall. They're set out on there. So he's looking to see if the enemy is approaching, if there was anyone who's coming that might bring danger, uh, might want to overthrow them, overthrow the city, might want to capture them, steal their possessions, um, kill them, whatever. So this man was set there, and he had a serious job, right? A very serious job. Um, he could not sleep. I don't know how some of these night watchmen do it. I've seen other people sitting in front of TV monitors and just sit there watching. I'd be so bored. I'd be out. Uh, but, you know, they couldn't do it. Um, that it, he could not take his job lightly, not at all. It's a very serious thing. Um, he couldn't be intoxicated. He couldn't be hanging out with his friends, uh, finding some game to amuse himself. You know, got on my phone, sit there and play a game, whatever. They, you know, obviously they didn't have phones, but they could not find other things to amuse themselves. His attention had to be on the danger that might be approaching that city. Literally stood between life and death. Right. 
that judgment could be coming. Very important for him to be on the watch for it. So he sits on the wall, and while he's sitting on that wall, he sees that judgment coming against the city. He had the most important job. He was to sound this trumpet and provide that warning. Very important job. Um, you know, we have alert systems. How many have been awakened in the middle of the night or just all of a sudden, you know, you get this uh, tsunami alert on your phone? I'm sure you guys, you know, very serious where you center rescues are at. Uh, you know, Anchorage, tsunami, I'm on hillside. What am I going to get a tsunami, right? But that thing goes off. You know it. You instantly know it. Whoa, what was that? I mean, that thing's startling. Um, I grew up in Michigan. Tornadoes, you know, you know the tornadoes possibly coming. You see the weather. You see the, the color of the sky. You hear the tornado sirens. You, you take warning. You go find shelter. Uh, so we have that, and that's exactly what that was. Um, so this man's on the wall, a watchman, responsibility to sound that trumpet. Um, definitely catches your attention. Um, and there'd be no mistake about it. You know, just like our alerts, there'd be no mistake of what that is. Um, you know, and you get up quickly. You know, you may be awakened from your days from in there. It's like, what was that? Oh, oh, that's the alarm sounding. Um, just my morning alarms that way sometimes. Um, anyway, so that's his responsibility. He has that responsibility to sound the horn, sound that trumpet, blow it, and get everybody's attention. Look at verse 3 there in the... Ezekiel 33. If when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people. So we see his responsibility. His responsibility is to be diligent, to be awake, attentive, on the, on the wall, in the tower, watching for the enemy, and blowing that trumpet. Right? And then it gets us into the responsibility of the hearer. Um, to warn the people. And I want you to notice here, their responsibility. 33, verse 4, the first part, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet. They heard it. They heard the trumpet. They've been warned, right? That warning has come. So notice their responsibility, the next part of that verse. And taketh not warning. If the sword come and take him, take him away, his blood shall be upon his head. He's responsible for himself. Um, he heard the trumpet. He didn't take the warning. He didn't respond. Uh, maybe he thought it was foolishness. You know, if he dies, he dies in his judgment. God says that he heard it. He's responsible, not somebody else. It lies with him. The blood is on his head. Now notice here in verse 5. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. So he has two options. He can ignore it and face the coming judgment. Or he can heed that warning. Right? He hears that trumpet. He says, you know what? That's a warning. That's a warning from God. I better respond to this. I better respond to this in the right way. Um, you know, um, maybe, maybe he could still die. But, you know, but he, took, he took what he could. He did what he could. Um, but he responds in the right way. Regardless of the circumstances, mercy is still there, I believe. Mercies of the Lord, absolutely. I was, I was sitting there thinking about that. Uh, how many times through Psalms, through, through the Bible, not even just Psalms, where it says, mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. Over and over we hear it. You know, you see long-suffering. He's slow to anger. God is merciful. Um, and if we come to him when that warning is, is there, or here, when their judgment is coming upon them, and they take, you know, uh, they heed that warning, mercy is there for them. Um, 
You might say, you know, you don't know what I've done. You know, like I said, this preaching a group here that this most likely doesn't apply. Everyone here is probably saved. Uh, they, they recognize the mercy of God. You don't know how, what I've done, how far I've been. Um, you know, maybe it's a good reminder for you. You know, when you do get far away from God, there's mercy there. Come on back. All right? Um, the mercy of the Lord. So notice here the responsibility continues in verse 6. Um, let's see, verse 6. But if the watchmen see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is, the t- he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So what's it saying? So the watchman, you know, could have sounded that at horn. He saw that judgment coming. Um, sees the sword is coming, the, the judgment, right? He blows that trumpet. And you know what? I realized I had my notes out of order here and I was going to fix them and I forgot to do that. But anyway, we know that he blew the horn, blew that trumpet, and, you know, that responsibility is on them whether they're going to hear it. You know, but no matter how you decide that responsibility, you're still responsible for your own sins, right? Whether you ignored, ignored the warning or not, those sins are still your responsibilities, ultimately. Um, you, you may say, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to respond. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep sleeping. I'm going to keep, you know, ignoring this warning. Uh, you know, if that watchman blows that trumpet, gave you that warning, he's free. The blood's no longer on his hands. Right? That's what the Bible's telling us. And it's on your head. Um, now, if you hear it, you respond correctly then you're right. You're still going to res- bear responsibility for your sins. And I think that's what it's kind of telling us there in 33.6, right? Even if you did not heed it, he is, it says he, he is taken away in his iniquity. You still have, you're still going to be judged for your sin. He's going to be judged too, right? Because he didn't provide that warning. But it's your, ultimately your responsibility. Um, it's not somebody else's problem. It's your problem. So now let's flip this. The sword comes, the watchman has been placed on front of the wall. His job is to look out and provide that warning. Maybe he fell asleep. Maybe he fell asleep, didn't see him coming. Or even worst of all, I think, he sees him coming and he doesn't blow that trumpet. Doesn't provide that warning to them. The Bible tells us that his, his, that watchman's the blood of those individuals is going to be on the watchman's hands, the Bible tells us there in 33.6. Um, you know, it's, it's a serious responsibility. Um, you know, God's telling Ezekiel here, you know, giving him the story of the watchman. Something that they know about, right? This, this is happening in the land. They, you know, they set up these watchmen. They set up these towers to look out. They're on the wall. This is something they know. You know, that's what that watchman's job was is to do. They didn't have satellites like we've got. They didn't have sensors that can go off if somebody approaches the perimeter. Um, you know, Matt himself being in the Army. In the Air Force, I never had any do any watch duties, you know. Um, I'm sure Matt did. Brother uh, Moffitt, I'm sure he had to. Um, you know, I was in, like, in the business side of the, uh, the military. Um, we didn't really have to play those type of games. But... 
and we did. We, I know Sean probably had to do guard duty with uh, his special force, uh, not special forces, uh, um, the police, uh, security forces, thank you, not special forces, security forces. Um, so I'm sure he had to perform those things. And I've heard of people falling asleep on the job. Um, but I think worst of all, we see that, that judgment coming and we do absolutely nothing. We, we don't recognize or we don't care, right, that the enemy is going to come, they're going to break through, and somebody's going to die. Um, you know, the, the people of the city basically put their life in the hands of this watchman, and he really didn't even care. I said, he, he stood between them, life and death. Um, and I want us to notice in verse 7. All right, kind of shifts, shifts gear here from, you know, God telling Ezekiel the story, talking to him about the watchman. Verse 7, first two words, so thou. Now he's, God's laying down, he's applying this to Ezekiel here. Um, so thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word, of, word at my mouth and warn them for me. Um, you know, God set us as a watchman. Absolutely. We're, that's our responsibility. So the biblical application is here is we can apply this directly to us. Um, you know, we're not just hanging out here in this life. We're just not here to, you know, uh, to work every day. Uh, just to maybe be retired here. I'm, I plan on retiring in seven and a half years, right? That's not my purpose on life. Uh, my purpose in life is, well, not mine, but maybe Starla's, not to sit there and sew, all day long, right? We have a responsibility. That's why God left us here. After we got saved, we have a responsibility, right? Um, so we have a job to do here, and God has set us up as a watchman to warn others. Um, so everybody needs to blow the trumpet. And if you look at, um, I don't think I wrote this down. I'm thinking about it now. Uh, maybe I did read it. Yeah, regardless, I'm not, I'm not seeing it right off the top of my head. Um, but it's in there. You know, God tells Ezekiel to take his word and warn the people. That's our trumpet right there. That's our trumpet. That's what we need to be sounding. We need to be sharing that out uh, with everyone that we can. Um, he's given us this word, and judgment is coming. You know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, doesn't take a PhD, doesn't take a Bible scholar to sit there, see the news, read the news, and know judgment's coming. Judgment's coming on America. Judgment's coming on this world. Uh, I, I, I'd be surprised if the rapture did not happen in my lifetime. I was thinking about that today. You know, if... if Starla was on her deathbed, or I was on my deathbed, and sitting there thinking, wow, it didn't happen, right? I believe it's going to happen. I just can't believe the Lord would allow the sin of this world to continue. Absolutely could. I mean, he is long-suffering. It's amazing uh, how long-suffering he is. Um, you know, but we see the news, we see everything that's going on, we get all upset. You know, we do it here. We have conversations down by the front door, and then we go out and really don't really tell anybody. You know, we can't be too bold about it. We can't, you know, my coworkers, I can't share that with them. They might get offended, all right? 
so that's, that's how we are. Right? We don't want to get too loud about it. We don't want to get out there. But I tell you, souls are still dying. Souls are still going to hell. Funeral homes, and I'm getting ready to go to one tomorrow, are still full of people. Graves are still being dug. Caskets being purchased. And bodies laid in the ground. Souls are still going to hell. And we have a job to do, people. You know, we have organized soul winning on Saturday. Uh, you may not be able to make it that, to that, you know, your work schedule. But what are you doing? You know, lost souls are everywhere. Fred Meyer, in the aisle next to you, walking down the same aisle, in my office, the office across from me, the cubicle on the side of me. You know, Tim, I told you I was going to talk about you. Maybe in a truck, ready to go to a plumbing repair spot. They're sitting in the, in the seat next to you, right? Uh, and I'm picking on him because I know he shares the word. I, I know he does. Um, I've seen him do it here with visitors. Um, but I'm telling you, they're everywhere around us, right? Um, you know, it's not somebody else's job. I had somebody in the Air Force tell me, well, that's the preacher's job to go out and tell people about Christ. No, that's your job. Right? God's equipped you. He saved you. He equipped you. He gave you His Word. He's trained you. Right? You know what happened to you. You can share that with someone else. You may not have all the verses memorized, but you can explain what happened to you to someone. Get them maybe to somebody that can expound a little bit more. Get them here. Pastor lays it out so well on salvation. Repentance by faith. Right? So we all have that responsibility to sound that horn, provide that warning. Um, you know, you can just see here God's plea in this verse to Ezekiel. Um, I don't think I wrote that down uh, exactly. Um, you know, you, you may think, I was reading in a commentary and it kind of looked at verse... Uh, da, 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 was that 11 maybe? Yeah, as I live... No, that's not it. No, dun, 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 dun. Maybe it's 10. Oh, yeah, maybe verse 10. I, heard a, I was reading a commentary, and I think he said this. Therefore, O thou son of man, speak unto the house of Israel. Thus ye speak, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how should we then live? You know, the, the commentator was kind of having this idea what it's talking about, um, that they're trying to say, you know, it's too much for us to bear. It's, it's too much. Well, God's merciful. Um, and we're, and we're going to touch on that here in just a minute. Uh, but I challenge you, you know, to get out there and, and share God's word. So what do we think the problem is? Right? We've got lots of Bibles. I was sitting there doing a count today. I've got... A Bible, full Bible in my truck. I have a soul, New Testament soul winners Bible in my truck. Starla's got a New Testament soul winners. I got this one I leave at church. I have my Bible that I have at home on my desk. I have another Bible that I take when I travel. We got God's Word everywhere. How many of you guys? Same thing. We, it's everywhere, right? God's Word is so freely given to us. Um, there's churches on multiple corners. So what's the problem? 1 Corinthians 15.34, I think this is one of the verses we're going to go to in Ephesians 5.14. Uh, but 5, 1 Corinthians 15.34, O 
Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. And then Ephesians 5.14. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Um, who do you think that's written to? That wasn't written to the lost. They're addressing Christians there. You know, we have fallen asleep as a church, right? We don't care. We've fallen asleep. You know, we're not sounding the horn. We're not providing the warning. It shouldn't be. It should not be. Um, so we need to wake up. We need to do something. Um, you know, you might say, you know, that's just not my personality. It's not mine. I'm an IT guy. I tend to be an, uh, an introvert. You know, us IT guys like to be in our little hole, lights off, working on the computer. That's the way I am. I'm not a really a great people person, big conversationalist. Um, but you've got to get out there and do it, right? You start knocking on doors, passing out tracks, talking to people. You start building up this confidence, right? Okay, that wasn't so hard. And the next time you can go a little bit further with it. Um, that's not my response. You know, that's just not my personality. I, I admit that, not my responsibility. That doesn't relieve my responsibility, though, does it? That responsibility is still on me. You know, can you imagine Matt being in the army, and you know his commander comes to him and says, "Hey, I need you to, you know, get on the, in this tower, or on this post somewhere, and watch the enemy." He's not going to come to him, but you think that's going to be okay with you? You know, is that your personality to be able to sit there and keep in a watch out during the night? This commander's not going to do that. The commander's going to tell him to get out there and do it. And guess what? He's going to get out there and do it. He's not going to say, well, that's not my personality. I'd rather not do that. We didn't do that in the military. You know, I may have not had to sit there and watch, do a watch, but, I mean, there's other things I had to do in the military. I didn't go to my, my sergeant and go, uh, I don't know, that's not me. No, we got out there and did it. Um, and it becomes easier. Like I said, it'll come easier to you if you get out there and do it. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, you know, so we need to get out there and blow this horn. But you know what? It's not our, it's not our I'm not going to blow it. Don't look at me. You think I'm going to blow it, don't you? Um, we need to blow this horn, warning others, and take absolute responsibility. The devil has no problem. His folks have no problem blowing their horn, do they? Blowing their trumpet. Spreading everything wicked that they can. They're awfully bold. They're in, they're in our government. They're in our schools. They're in our libraries. Spreading their junk. Right? Homosexuality. They have no problem. I saw this today as a meme. They have no problem with teaching kindergarten, kindergartners sexual-related sexual items, but they have a problem with a football coach that wants to be out in the middle of the field praying by himself. What, what kind of influence would that be on the kids? What? What kind of influence would that be on the kids? A godly one, right? I mean, you're worried about that and you're spreading all this garbage? But, you know, so anyway... You know, they have no problem blowing their horn. So we need to get out there and do our part. 
So that's our responsibility. You know, we hear it. We need to hear that horn. We need to respond to it. We need to be the one blowing this horn, right? Um, warning others of God's judgment. Now, let me say, that does not give you liberty, necessarily, to start pointing out everybody's sin. Mrs. Moffat, I can't believe you, you, know, you did that. Um, you know, in this church, that's pastor's responsibility. That's not yours. All right? Your, your responsibility is to go out there and tell others about Christ, see them saved. How, how, is, I mean, how else do you expect the world to live? Right? They need to get saved first. We, can, we just can't change everybody's morals overnight. Um, so I'll throw that out there for free. But, you know, we have a responsibility also as hearers. Pastor sits up here, preaches three times a week, right? Just about every time, unless there's a special visitor or something special going on. He's preaching. He spends hours and hours and hours and hours studying. For whose benefit? Ours. I mean, ultimately, like I said, as I, I think I, as I prayed before I started, you know, how much more I get out of this, you know, as I'm studying this than maybe you will. But he's doing that for us. He's sounding the horn. He's warning us of how we're living, right? You know, what sin do we have in our life? What, what do we need to get up here and pray to God for? Maybe we need to get in God's word more. Be diligent doing our devotions. Maybe we need to be praying more. Not just uh, dinner time, lunch time. You know, maybe we get up. Eh, maybe we can get up a little extra, extra earlier. You know, whatever it might be. Uh, where, whatever, you know, God's working on you. Whatever pastor is he's up here preaching and uh, uh, doing. You know, he is reproving, he's rebuking, he's exhorting so that we can heed that warning and, you know, be a better Christian for it. Please our God. That's ultimately what we need to be doing. And as I said, you know, this is our normal crowd that's here every, every service. But I'd be amiss if I did not include, maybe you're sitting here, you know, and you hear that warning. Maybe you're sitting here and you're not saved. I don't know your hearts. I know me. I know I'm saved. Um, you know, you don't have to. You don't have to sit here in a lost condition you know, on your way to hell. Maybe you don't know. You know, I don't know if I was to die today where I would go. We, I, can, I could take you, sit you down and share that with you. But I won't go long into that. Like I said, most everybody here, every service. But if the Lord worked out even in that area tonight on your heart, maybe, you know, maybe I don't know. You know, this thing about salvation. There's never been a point. I can't go back to a time that I've actually asked Christ to save me. Never put my faith in repentance. You know, repented of my sins and put my faith in Him. You know, I can't go to an exact date. I can go, oh, I know where I was. Roughly the time of the year it was, but I can't give you an exact date. I know what year it was. Um, but maybe you don't have that. I would say search, find out if that's there. Um, but anyway, that's you know what I wanted to uh, share with you tonight. Um, you know our responsibilities uh, as a watchman are we sharing God's word with others in our workplace? 
gas stations, grocery stores. I was out safe light over here on Old Seward. Looked right there, right on the desk was one of our tracks. Somebody was just recently there and left a track for him. That blessed my heart. I said, hey, somebody left him a track. That was Bonnie. <laughs> um, I had problems with my windshield, so I had to go back and see him. They came out to fix it and messed up my wipers. Uh, so I went and talked to him, and there it was. Um, but I want to encourage you to do that. Get out and share. Maybe you can't be here and organize soul winning. Get with Pastor. Maybe he, hey, you know, you might be able to go at a different time. I know, you know, I've, I've hit Josiah up. Hey, leave me a map. You know, there's been times things come up. I can't go out, but, you know, I find other times. You know, Starla's really diligent for it. Um, she's sitting back there on her phone right now since she has no interpreter. We'd be here a lot longer if I was interpreting and preaching, but uh, she's watching Facebook and watching the, the captions. Um, that's why she's back there like that. Uh, now she's realizing it. I told her that's what the pastor will, will t- finally tell a funny joke. And then she'll laugh like 30 seconds later. I thought that'd be really funny. Um, we, know, we know nobody laughs at pastor's jokes anyway. But uh, anyway, I'm just rambling now. You know, if the Lord's worked on, on your heart for anything, you know, as either being a watchman or being a hearer, our responsibilities, um, you know, search your heart. You know, maybe you need to come forward and just pray tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, I just pray that, uh, Lord, you have your will and way in this invitation. I just pray that uh, you be with those that will be traveling back into town from camp. Lord, just give them uh, safety as well. Lord, we love you. Uh, we, we thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you would, let's stand. We'll go to a time of invitation.